All right, well, let's go ahead and look at John chapter 15 this morning. If you have your Bibles, we'll read verses 1 through 8. And uh, we'll continue with this idea of abiding in Christ. And last week, I don't know if I mentioned it, but it was the thought really was abiding in His presence. And the only way into His presence is, is through Christ and His finished work on the cross and what He did uh, that we might be redeemed. Uh, and so, but salvation is really just the beginning uh, of that relationship that we have with our Savior. And uh, He calls us into an abiding relationship with Him. And so this morning we're going to kind of look at this thought of abiding in His purpose. What is the purpose of that relationship? And um, it, it's an eternal relationship. I don't know if I can fully wrap my mind around that. I live moment to moment sometimes, uh, just trying to get through the task at hand oftentimes. But the reality is our relationship with, with Christ is eternal. And so the things that He's doing in us now uh, are lasting eternal things. And I know for me, that's a joy to understand. And so we'll look at some basic, uh, I think you'll find as we go through this, that a lot of the stuff we're looking at is going to be fairly basic and simple. Um, And uh, sometimes I think we need to get back to the fundamentals or just the basics. And oftentimes folks distract themselves with uh, diving deeper when maybe perhaps they haven't mastered some of the simpler things. Um, I haven't gone beyond layups because I'm just not too good at it. So you don't see me busting a move and dunking on folks because I haven't mastered the basics. And so in the Christian life, we ought to be careful not to try to go beyond where we're at. Um, and so, and I honestly, I just feel led of the Lord to, to kind of keep it simple. And uh, maybe it's because I'm, I'm simple, I don't know. Um, but aligning our lives with God's purpose will bring glory to Him. That's what it's all about. So what's the purpose? The, ultimately, the end goal is to glorify God the Father, and it's for His glory. Uh, but there are some things that we accomplish along the way in His purpose. But let's begin by reading in uh, John 15, verse 1 through 8. I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the true vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If any man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye ask... What ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit? So shall ye be my disciples. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you for uh, the opportunity to gather together, and I pray, Lord, that we would uh, make use of it. Lord, that we would not just settle into the mundane or uh, the routine, but Lord, that you'd give us something from your word that would help us to be more like Christ. Lord, that would draw us nearer to uh, in a greater relationship with Him and Pray now that you bless our Sunday school lesson. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So the purpose, abiding in His purpose. As a Christian, what is our purpose? And uh, John Harper, anybody know the name John Harper in the Titanic, uh, in that story? Um, I've heard it many times over the years, but if you think about uh, that story after the tragedy of, of the sinking of the Titanic, 
John Harper was making his way uh, to Chicago, I believe it was. And, but months later, after that, there was a man in Canada, and he, his testimony was one of receiving Christ there in the bitter cold waters of the Atlantic uh, because uh, somebody was fulfilling their purpose. And he goes on to tell the story how he's just clinging to some wreckage and, and uh, John Harper himself is also clinging to that wreckage and, and he floats up to this man and says, Are you, do you know Christ? And he says, no, I don't. And he said, well, you need to trust Christ. And, and the, the storm or the, the unsettled waters kind of drift the men apart and, and a while later the, the same two men kind of drift close together and he asks them again, are you in Christ yet? And he said, no. Uh, I am not, and, and he said it wasn't long after that he saw uh, John Harper uh, lose uh, the, the vice that he was floating on, and he was let loose of it, and he sank to the bottom, and he drowned. And there in the Atlantic, in the bitter cold, that man turned to Christ and trusted him as a Savior. And obviously he made it to safety, and, and he, he, his testimony is he's John Harper's last convert. And the whole thought there is John Harper was a man who knew his purpose in life. Uh, to share the love of God with others. Uh, the love that he had received and, and he was telling everybody he could. And, and no, doubt, no doubt that's an extreme situation. Uh, but how many of us might be distracted by the waters and in, in the danger that we're in? And we might forget to share Christ with others. And listen... Uh, that is a great and, and a very stirring thought to think, boy, in the wreckage of all of that. But did you know the people that we come across day to day are in no different situation? Their life could be snuffed out at a moment's notice. Just because they're not in the middle of the Atlantic clinging to, to life, so to speak, as they are. And we, as we come in contact with these people every day, we don't know what the rest of their life holds. And so we ought to be faithful to be the messenger that God intended us to be and to share that. And, and so no doubt part of our purpose is to uh, share Christ with others. John 14, 30 says this, Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. And so we see here the Lord indicating to his disciples that his earthly ministry would soon end. And uh, listen, Jesus is preparing for them for what's to come. Uh, he told them that the Holy Spirit would come and it would indwell them soon after he was gone. John 14, 17, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him for he dwelleth in you and shall be in you. And so Jesus told his disciples in that chapter there uh, that he would not be able to walk or that he would not be able to walk with them anymore. And we kind of touched on that a little bit last week. Uh, those troubling things that they were learning about their Savior, that he was going to go to a place that, that they couldn't join him. But he's going to leave them with the Holy Spirit. And that he's going to come and indwell them, indwell the believers. And uh, I believe that's what is meant here in John 15. Abide in me and I in you. We have the Holy Spirit's indwelling, and, and we have the ability to be connected to our Savior through the Holy Spirit. Listen, as a Christian, you can abide in Christ and know God's lead, leading in your life day by day. Uh, 
through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Uh, listen, it's a great joy to abide in Christ and, and to know that His Spirit is with you every day. Uh, the things that we face, the challenges that we come upon every day, Christ is with us. And we know that He's overcome the world. And so greater is He that is in you. And, and we have this, this confidence that we can abide in Him. Listen, He's with you every moment of the day. When you go to the office, He's there. Maybe you go to the grocery store, He's there. In the tragedy, boy, maybe you got to be in the hospital for something, the emergency room or uh, some tragic diagnosis. He's there. Uh, he has not forsaken us. The more we abide in His person, the greater our desire grows to fulfill His purpose in life. And I found that true to be in my life. The closer I grow to Christ, the, the more I realize that I ought to be more busy about what He has intended us to do. Uh, we are as ambassadors. We've been left here to accomplish those things that he no longer physically can on this earth. You can't come into contact with Christ, be saved, and not have your purpose in life completely transformed. It will change you. Now, that doesn't mean your occupation will change necessarily. Uh, that doesn't mean your day-to-day -day job is going to change. Well, I was a plumber and now I'm not. That's not the case, but you're going to be a different type of plumber. Uh, you're going to have a plumber with a different perspective and an ultimate purpose will not just be to get a paycheck. But now you can use your vocation or that job as a means to execute your eternal purpose that you now have in Christ uh, by sharing the gospel and, and we bearing fruit. 2 Timothy 1.9, Who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. So in Christ, we're called according to the purpose of God. Listen, you've been saved for a reason. There was a purpose behind that. Uh, not just fire insurance, as some might say. God has a purpose for your life. And it's up to you to live it. It's very practical when you think about it. Uh, he has a purpose, but you have to live it. You have to execute it day to day. Uh, and, and that can be a challenge at times. Have you ever come to a place in your Christian life when you could say, Lord, I no longer want to live life for my gratific gratification, my pursuits, my dreams, my ambitions? Have you said, God, all those things I want to forsake to know you greater and to execute your purpose in life? Have you made that decision? I would submit to you, if you have not made that decision, there's a struggle in your life. Because that indwelling spirit is, is prompting you and pushing you to honor God with your life and everything that you are. But if you're not doing that, there's going to be some conflict. If you're serving your flesh and you're living in carnality, there's going to be a challenge. And maybe you feel unrest in your life because you haven't surrendered yourself to what God has for you. <coughs> Excuse me. Do you want to have your purpose flowing or God's purposes flowing through you so that you may bring forth fruit? Uh, I sure do. I think a lot of times when you get to that point in life, you, that's where maturity is in the Christian life. You may still have things to learn and, and areas to grow in, but when you come to the point where, 
listen, I want what God wants, that's maturity. Because if you want what God wants, you're willing to adjust anything in your life that God would indicate is contrary to what he has for you. Can anyone define maturity at a greater level? Other than being, doing exactly what God would have in your life? I can't think of anything that would make you more complete in Christ other than exemplifying the traits of Christ in your life. And having nothing in your life that would uh, hinder that. Listen, the Christian life will produce fruit. And that fruit is pleasing to the Heavenly Father. Again, it's, it's about glorifying the Father. And so the purpose of abiding in Christ, uh, we should bear fruit. Uh, we should be bearing fruit. The purpose of Christian's life is that we might bear fruit through an abiding relationship with Him. It, the wonderful thing about this is we're not responsible for how this takes place. We don't have to fabricate it. We don't have to do anything. All we need to do is yield and submit to our Savior, and allow Him to change those things in our life, and He brings about all of it. We don't have to uh, make something up or try to do it in our own self, in our own strength. We just have to rest in Him, abide in Him, and allow Him to change. So when He points something out in your life, do you say, I'm unwilling. I don't want to make that change, Lord. Or do you just submit And yield and say, you know what, Lord, if that's what you want, I'm going to give it to you. Maturity again. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. And that your fruit should remain. John 15, 16. We didn't read that far this this morning. But the purpose of our lives is to bear fruit. Excuse me. And, And fruit that remains, the word of God says. That's the purpose of the church, is it not? Who's the church? Sometimes we have this idea that, well, everyone else in the church is supposed to be doing this. No, you are the church in Christ. That's you. If our church is not fruitful, it's because the people in the church are not fruitful. Don't try to disconnect yourself from what God has established and how he's set it up. Sometimes we do that. We distance ourselves. And somehow we think that it's not applicable to us. But the reality is, if there's a problem in the church, it's because the people are... We're all sinners. We make mistakes, right? But, but don't get disgruntled about what's taking place if you're not all in. And surrendering to the Lord in all areas of your life and look around at the church and go, boy, our church should be doing some more. Well, what are you doing? What are you accomplishing? What fruit are you bearing? <laughs> It's such a wonderful thing to think about. I never follow my notes, but um, when you get in church and you realize there's other people like you that are trying to fulfill the same purpose, and all of a sudden you're able to exhort and encourage one another. Listen, it was a joy to hear that multiple people are excited about being about the Father's business and sharing the gospel this morning. And so we can come here and encourage. Boy, you were out... Yesterday, I'm going out today, you know, praise the Lord. Listen, it's not all about a set time to show up and to serve God. It's about a life of honoring God in every aspect of our our lives. And so we ought to all be sharing the gospel everywhere we're at all the time. And, And you can't do that and not see fruit. Now, you don't have to 
you're not responsible for the fruit. And so don't get discouraged if you don't see the fruit that you think ought to be there. That's not your job. You're just responsible to be obedient. But listen, if you will just be obedient, God will bring the fruit and you'll see it in his time. Uh, And that will be encouraging of itself. We're to bear fruit. How are you doing? Are you bearing fruit? We have apple trees in our yard. And there's apples everywhere. We got apples on our counter because we just, we don't even know what to do with them. And uh, I mow over them just because I don't want to pick them up and deal with them. I just mow over them. And I wanted to cut those trees down. I honestly did. And Cindy said, don't do that. But I don't want to deal with them. But the only reason we did not cut those down, you want to know why? They bear fruit. Even though right now, today, it might not be useful for me and what I have going on in my life, we didn't cut them down because they're bearing fruit. Free fruit. fruit. Yeah, they're not, they're kind of a bitter apple. I don't even know what kind of apple they are. They're not very tasty to me. Um, When they start to turn a little red, then they get a little better. But um, listen, it is natural for the Christian to bear fruit. If you are in Christ and you are walking with him, you will produce fruit. Be careful not to compare your fruit against other people's fruit. I don't look at my orchard and compare it to the apple orchards of Washington that I know uh, and love those apples that they grow out there. I I don't do that. Uh, But I have not cast my, my trees out yet because they're fruitful. They're accomplishing what God designed them to do. Um. That's a side note, but Titus 3.14, and let us, or let ours also learn to maintain good works for the necessary uses that they be not unfruitful. And so Paul's...